0: This is the PropTech VC podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. You're also an
1: expert in the elevator industry, having come from that segment. Um, talk us through sort of the big four, and I'll share some stats here as well for any listeners. I was floored at how these old family businesses have tremendous yep. market caps. Yep. Otis, thirty-eight billion dollar market cap. Schindler, thirty mm-hmm. billion. Kone, thirty billion. Uh, Thyssenkrupp. You know how much do they sell their elevator division for? I think I think it was like twenty billion or something.
0: Billion, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are massive numbers. Massive. How? I mean,
1: I, I, would you agree? These are the big four, or would
0: those are the big four, hands down, absolutely, and they're all over a hundred years old. Schindler is still majority owned by the Schindler family, which is insane. Never been disrupted. Never had to change. And it's interesting if you look at the, you know, we were talking about Destination Dispatch earlier. That's not fair. It's not good for the customer that they can 100% control a market. There's no competition there, but because each of them do it, they don't sue each other because they wanna have their own and so the others can have their own. So they really operate together to really keep that pack of the big four. Yeah, slinging elevator parts on the black market. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Why is PE getting involved? What's going on and why are there only four companies why aren't there hundreds of companies or even why isn't there one company? Why is it the way it is? How have these companies sustained their position? And um, why is private equity now getting involved?
0: Well, I think that there's been four because there's always been four, right? Like Schindler, they've, they've been established. Schindler was like 18 something. Like they're, they're hundreds of years old. And so they've always been around. Um, and the big four, I think there's just it, it's the way it's always been, and where the clients say that too, right? Clients are like, "It's just how it is. You just pay the bill." I think PE is getting involved because it's sticky. The contracts are so sticky. You you get into a contract; they're five to ten years. The only time you can get out of these contracts is it states basic. It states. 90 days, no more than 120 days by certified mail with your firstborn child, like they are extremely hard to cancel and there's no minimum requirements to do anything. So PE's looking at this, like you're purchasing, when you're purchasing reoccurring revenue, your chances of cancellation are really, really, really slim. So to purchase up the independent elevator market, the bar is low. So
1: private equity is not getting involved to come in and fix it and make it better and and make it more consumer friendly. You're saying there's a money motive. They just realize this is a cash cow, and um, that's why because uh, you can just print more money with it.
0: That's what I think. Is there, Absolutely. Is there,
1: is there a consolidation going on?
0: Yes. So the, uh, the yeah. So purchasing up independents and I don't know that they'll change the names of the independents though. And this is. The majors do this too. The majors will purchase independent companies and then operate as that independent so that if say, Schindler loses a bid, their independent company can go win it. I mean, even in Switzerland, Schindler's, um, the market is controlled by Schindler and then the independent that Schindler owns. It's a monopoly actually. In Switzerland for sure, (laughs) yes.
1: If there is a more consolidation and, and it, sugge- it looks like, you know, this is the pattern and this is where things are going with these independents, then um, is that going to disrupt the big four or is that just going to ensure the big four stay and the other companies follow suit and uh, operate the way everyone else operates? Because you would think if there's independents, they'll be they'll be crushing and challenging the giants. Why are these independents failing to challenge the giants?
0: Well, who controls the parts market? So the the... We've sat in on meetings in regard to how do we slow the independence down? Well, you slow the independence down by slowing down the parts. So, if class, if you have a class A building, those building managers will be hesitant with going to an independent because the speed at which you can bring elevators live again, and yeah, so controlling the parts market, you've controlled everything, and I don't think that. You can get an independent that's really large that crushes the market and does really well, but you're still gonna have the big four. And I think that the way to disrupt all of that is through transparency and awareness. I think that clients need to be educated about what they're doing, and clients need to understand that they actually hold the power, which is what they've been trying to be convinced otherwise of, and I used the term gaslight earlier, and I still agree with that, for the last hundreds of years. Clients hold the power, 100%, but it's about getting them in the right contracts, (laughs) protecting them. And then when the elevator company doesn't do their job, the clients shouldn't be paying for that. And right now they do.
1: Unfortunately, it's like this throughout, um, which is why PropTech is one of the most exciting spaces to be in. I, um, I, I also noticed this problem exists in other areas too, um, elevators being one. And, and with elevators, I have to say it's one of the most critical uh, pieces of a building. If the human being has a nose and a mouth, for a building, your door is the nose, but the mouth is the elevator. If it's a big building and the elevator doesn't work, that is a major problem. No one wants to mess with that. Everyone wants to go with a a premium brand or rather not a premium brand, a big name brand, right? A big four, Mm -hmm. because um, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not going to get fired for choosing Schindler or Kone Otis, but you certainly will get the blame if you try to cut costs and go with an independent and something goes wrong.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree that the problem exists in other industries of a building, too. I agree with that where the difference is for me is in the knowledge, right? Everybody knows a guy that knows something about HVAC, or you know a guy that can do a little electrical or a little plumbing or can like stop a leak, but you can't just like call John to come fix your elevator. (laughs) First of all, you can't buy code, right? Even your building maintenance person shouldn't even turn off and on the power or things of that nature. You could be breaking code, um, which is a whole other section if we want to get into compliance and the mess that that is too. Um, but when it comes to elevators and escalators, you can't get by with even the best building person. You have to have a company come maintain it.
1: You know, on the flip side, and, and this speaks to the point that real estate is rotten, okay, the state <laughs> of things today um, it isn't pleasant. Uh, we've talked about an example here where in the elevator industry, you've got these large big four companies and you have to work with them. On the flip side of things, it doesn't look much better if you look at the HVAC industry. In one of my buildings, we have a chiller system. A chiller system is what provides AC to the entire building. When that thing doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it can um, it can mean hundreds of people can be without AC. Uh, in hot Texas weather, for example, 100 degrees, that's a dangerous situation. Um, we found that um, we were bringing in lots of vendors uh, who, who you know, provide servicing to the uh, chiller systems. and We had like four or five different people come and every single one of them had a different problem. It was like, no, no, this is the problem and it's gonna cost you this much. One group had the audacity to suggest we need a brand new chiller system. And our property management firm almost went ahead and authorized $100,000 in spend for a damn new chiller system. A chiller system is supposed to last like 40 years. This was yeah. an eight-year-old chiller system. And on the advice of you know, one vendor who wants to sell us their new product and you know, charge for the billing and labor, we almost did that. Um, and you know it, it, we got all these bids, and we were breaking rules, and we were looking at the electrical wiring and the panels, and it turned out to be... One of our you know, on-site staff had a, a family friend who she trusted, who worked in the industry, came out and said, no, it's just a tiny piece of hardware that needs to be changed. Uh, and also informed us, if you go direct to the manufacturer, okay, they will come out and do it. We had to wait a little bit, but they came out and lo and behold, you know, for a $500 visit, um, they replaced a small part. And we, we may have gone ahead and replaced the entire system. Or you know, we would have broken down more walls and done the wiring. Um, even when you have lots of small vendors and independence, it's just this information gap and people want to take advantage. I'm lost, I mean, I, I, I'm on the tech side, I'm also on the principal side. You know, I think I have a unique view because I buy real estate, but I also invest in prop tech startups. And it's a struggle, whether it's elevators, whether it's HVAC, whatever it is in a building, um, it sucks the way things are today. The, the general concept of, uh, auditing and maintenance is a problem in every area of real estate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Something that I say at AuditMate all the time is we speak elevator, but we work for you. And it's true. Like so much people just need an ally. People need someone that they can trust that they go to and says, is this accurate? I don't mind spending the money, but is it real? Is it honest? And I'll often say something else is like um, folks in the elevator industry, you don't know how you're getting screwed. You just know that you are right. There's like this general feeling, but you can't pinpoint exactly what it is because you don't have the knowledge. And that's exactly what we're trying to do at Audit Mate is just be able to audit the reason and then the labor and the material and things of that nature that it's like, we'll manage the technical side. You make the decisions. We'll make sure the maintenance is getting done. We'll audit the repairs. Anything that's needed in the next five years, we'll bring it to you. We're not gonna make any decisions for you. We're not here to disempower you, but actually to shift the power dynamic from the elevator company back to you. And I completely agree that AuditMate um, will be very useful in other verticals as well.
1: What are you seeing when it comes to the level of expertise that clients have, especially when you're dealing with facility management groups? Or you know, you've got giants out there, great companies, uh, JLL, CBRE, Cushman. All, all these folks um, uh, manage buildings, uh, and there are others too that specialize in you know facilities management. At some scale, do they develop expertise? Uh, do they start to hire elevator experts or is that not something that you're seeing?
0: Yeah, so on a corporate level, many of the, the major property managers will have um, vertical transportation teams or procurement teams, but it's like, what's the expertise in? Is it in procurement and contracts or is it actually in the engineering of elevators? Um, and how they operate. And then there's many different schools of thought in regard to what should be in an elevator contract as well, right? There's an old school mentality that we should have like door speeds and very technical specs in an elevator contract. And I am not of that mind. That's, that's not where we're at. And I've had someone question me on it before. I'm being like, well, there's no door speeds or floor to floor speeds in here. And I'm like, oh yeah, when did you last check that? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, property managers are not going to check that. So we need to put things in contracts that real people can monitor and manage. So I, and then where does that trickle down? So you have these corporate teams maybe in some of the majors, but how does that get to the ground to like, you know, Jack and Jill that are running actual buildings Because usually those property managers and even facilities managers, their goals are to manage the whole building, not just the elevators. It's a full-time job if you're managing just the elevators and the technical expertise is very, very low.
1: It reminds me of a situation or when I was a kid and I went with my dad um, and just sort of to see how, um, he's a mechanic, okay, for for (laughs) cars, just how differently they would treat him when he can, first you come in and, you know, you're buying a secondhand car, for example, and they'll tell you, you know, oh, this is great. This is great. And when my dad points out, no, this is actually wrong. This is actually wrong. Uh, suddenly they, they realize where you're from and you know, then you get the honest truth and you get the, you know, the fair, the fair price for the car or on the opposite side, you take my mom when her car breaks to the mechanic and they'll lie to her and they'll tell you this is broken, that's broken. She's like, okay, I just want to bring, you know, my husband along. My dad comes and is like, no way we we don't need a new part. You just need to mm-hmm. do this. This is two hours worth of work. You don't need to take my car away for three weeks and get this part done. And this is the way um, the world has been, where knowledge yep. is power, particularly true in real estate, where information asymmetry, which is a gap of knowledge between one party and another, results in someone taking advantage. I just gave an example of the car industry. We've talked about it at length here with uh, the elevator industry. But real estate overall is like that. Even on even, um, buyers and sellers, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, you know, um, we've used AuditMate as like the uh, police example, right? Like everyone's the best driver in the world when a cop's behind you. And we've seen that with AuditMate too, right? Like even the client signing up with us will increase the level of maintenance before we've even done anything just because it levels the playing field. And I, I completely, yeah, completely agree.
1: It's like human psychology, even in business, right? What Absolutely. gets measured or what, what gets measured gets managed and, and you know what gets managed does well. If you're not measuring it, suddenly you're going to find that the metrics aren't doing well. Once you start measuring and you have a mechanism in place and transparency, suddenly things seem to work well. People will take advantage, whether it's uh, even in the pandemic, people working from home. I, I, I'm horrified. I'm hearing stories of people taking multiple jobs just to take as much salary as they can, have multiple jobs, and they just get fired and get the next job. And they're working three, five, ten jobs. Someone posted online that they're working ten different software engineering jobs and they coast along. They're making a million dollars a year, and they're doing the bare minimum. And until someone points out this productivity isn't good, okay, they'll get fired and take the next job. This is the world we live in today, and this is what will change with PropTech coming in. It will create more measurability, mm-hmm. and when things are measured, um, then things get managed and are, are, you know, better performing. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about, um, you know, you, you're a big proponent for diversity. We, we actually met because I posted on my LinkedIn and, you know, I was saying where are the female PropTech founders mm-hmm. in real estate, right? Um, you, you've come from traditional real estate, you're in PropTech. Any, any uh, advice you have for uh, our listeners Either if they're from the traditional world and they want to increase diversity, or if they're you know a female founder or a female leader such as you know yourself, what advice do you have for them?
0: I am of the belief it's not enough to be diverse anymore. I think we must be radically inclusive. And in order to be radically inclusive, we must be painfully aware of our privilege. And all of that isn't fun. It's messy, it's anxiety ridden. It, it, it's, um, you know, I hear a lot here in San Francisco, safe spaces, safe spaces, safe spaces. I believe we need more brave spaces because it's hard to be the person of privilege and be like, I don't know what I don't know. I know I'm going to screw this up, but I want to try. How, how do I learn without requiring the people of color, the women, the LGBT community around me to educate me? But I don't even know where to start. So, like, how do we foster brave and safe spaces that are radically inclusive without being tokenizing is hard it's hard
1: break break that that down for me though that was um so repeat that last sentence it was wonderful about tokenizing
0: yeah so how do we be radically inclusive without being tokenizing so that means So to even say, like, I want everyone to have a seat at the table implies that I own the table. And I guess with AuditMate, it's a little different. But just in in general speaking, like, there's inherent privilege in that statement, right? Take a seat at the table. Well, it's not my table. It's how do we foster a table that is everybody's, that everybody feels a part of. So inviting people that want to be there and want to change and want to be a part of whatever movement it is without being tokenizing is like, oh, I need a black person. Oh, I need a woman. Oh, I need a this, which is on one hand true, but if we're doing it just to check a box and not to actually foster diverse and inclusive spaces, it can be not putting your money where your mouth is. It's like affirmative action. It's like, that's that's not really inclusive because the intention behind it is different.